that was a pretty crazy time for me to be named captain, let alone be capped for Australia. That's something that I probably didn't think would ever happen growing up, but I'm such a competitive person in regards to wanting to just try and do my best in everything I do. Welcome to a very special series of Realising Your Potential from Accolade Wines. At Accolade, our purpose is to enrich everyday moments through our amazing and award-winning wine brands. The driving force behind our business is people. And as a proponent of community, we believe some of the most powerful learning comes from people sharing their own stories. In this series, we continue to explore the topic of high performance by speaking to those involved in elite sport and are privileged to also hear from those involved in one of the most exciting communities of Paralympics and Olympics. I'm your host, Ange Murphy, Chief People and Communications Officer at Accolade Wines. So join me as we explore this fascinating world of elite sport. In today's episode, I speak with Grace Hamilton, captain of the Australian Women's Rugby Union team, the Wallaroos. Grace Hamilton, welcome to Accolade Wines, Realising Your Potential. It's um, so fabulous to have you here today and I'm really excited to be speaking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Grace, we always start with asking all of our guests to tell us a little bit about your background and about your supporting career to date. Yeah, so I grew up in country New South Wales um, on a farm just outside of Orange. Uh, And I grew up on a farm out there and yeah, kind of in a crazy sports mad family. Um, But playing sport for me was kind of just something that we did on weekends. It was like an outing to not be on the farm and just have friends and and, yeah, play everything at school. and then I went to Kinross in Orange and then ended up um, not starting rugby. Um, I was more into netball and hockey and athletics during school and then went to university and on exchange in America. And I was kind of like, what's the best way to make friends and meet new people? And, and for me, that was through sport. That's kind of all I knew. Um, so I started playing rugby, uh, which is pretty wild for a girl because I never really thought those opportunities were. Um, about especially coming from country New South Wales Um, Mm -hmm. I watched my dad play and my brother and I watched every single rugby game on TV for my whole childhood but um, yeah I never thought um, women could play or girls could play and and for me going to America and being like that's kind of they didn't have netball they don't know what netball is so I was like I'll play rugby and at the start of that it was probably more about convincing my mother that um, I'll be okay Um, And I think that's kind of half the challenge it is with rugby and and women playing rugby. It's convincing the mums rather than the actual actual girl. So, yeah, um, and now mum is the biggest supporter. She comes to every game with her pom-poms and everything. So, yeah, um, it was really exciting for me and I just met met some really great friends in America and travelled around America playing rugby. And I haven't put on my netball shoes since. I've kept the rugby boots on. So it's just kind of been a skyrocketing journey for me which has been really great. You are actually the captain of the Australian Women's Rugby Union team Um, so you've certainly kept your rugby boots on indefinitely. That was a pretty crazy time for me to be named captain let alone be capped for Australia. That's something that I probably didn't think would ever happen growing up but I'm such a competitive person in regards to wanting to just try and do my best in everything I do and I and I think that's just how it all started. I just kept on going and, and kept on wanting to do my best. Um, and then kind of I started playing just club level rugby um, just with mates. And then 
end up representing New South Wales and Sydney and um, yeah, and then Australia. You're very humble about where you've got to with your sporting career. At what point did you decide that you wanted to compete at that elite level? Uh, Yeah, I don't think there was like a defining moment. I think it was just kind of, it's probably something I never thought I would do. Like realistically, I, I watched everyone on TV and I thought it was awesome and and I just never thought it was attainable for myself probably like as a, coming from a little farm um, outside of Orange but um, for me it just kind of it grew and then I just wanted to I just as soon as I made it in one team I wanted to make it further and I wanted to make I wanted to be better in everything I do and I think that's kind of something that I probably kind of live by professionally and and in my sporting career I just want to always learn and, and get better um, I think that's the most important thing and the best thing for me I just try and learn something different every time I'm coached by someone new or every team I'm in I want to learn something different and and it kind of keeps me motivated as well. What was it like when you first represented Australia what's the can you describe the feeling? I don't even know how to explain it but I always kind of had that fire in my belly of like I wanted I wanted something I wanted something more and and I think that's something when I got the opportunity to represent Australia, it was like, I just remember like, cause I got called up the day before and my parents, I just remember looking back at my parents and being like, Oh my goodness, this is happening. Um, and I, yeah, it, it still gives me goosebumps thinking about it today. Um, it was such a special moment and something that I just never thought would happen, but I, I'm so grateful for. And I, and I think you just chase that adrenaline as soon as you do it once you want to do it again. And it's like this ride it goes up and up and down, but yeah, you just chase that dream and, and it keeps going. I mean, every time I see, you know, the Australian team or someone on the podium, I get goosebumps. So I don't know what it would be like to represent. It must be amazing to represent your country. How do you sustain that performance in terms of performing at that elite level over time? What does it take? Uh, it, it can get hard and, and like if anyone that says it's easy is, is lying um, especially for us as a group where um, we're not uh, necessarily super we're not professional at the moment so we still have our daytime jobs so all our training and everything is outside of those hours and 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 so that does like and especially for women's sport I think um, we don't really think about it but like family planning and, and women that want to have babies that sometimes they have to plan it around the seasons and and things like that and know that they've got to have a year off and what year to have and and things like that so yeah it can be hard and it, and it takes a lot of pressure on on your family life but also on the other end it's like the most special thing when you get to actually represent it and play with with those women so yeah, it, it's difficult at times, but I just think when you have a group of women and with all the same goal and and all and, and not and men as well, because our coaching staff are men as well with the same goal and we kind of motivate each other. And I think that's something that we've tried to instill, especially at my New South Wales level. We we know like if someone's having a bad day, then someone else is gonna lift you up and and we've tried to instill that kind of culture of it's okay if you have a bad day, but um we'll try our best to make sure you have a good time whilst you're at training and within the team. How do you balance work and training? You also have a job as a sports administrator at a boys' school in Sydney. So how do you balance that? Um, I'm pretty lucky um, as it's, yeah, they, they're pretty good to me in, in regards to playing rugby. Um, but, yeah, it is the early mornings. Um, you either do your gym or, or some training in the morning. And then if I'm, yeah, sometimes 
take a lunch break to go and do some extra conditioning or something like that. But um, yeah, and then it's we're in. I'm at trainings like every four nights a week um, plus the weekends for after work from five pm to about nine pm. So yeah, you, you don't get much time to yourself, but I think it's something also you get used to, and and it's part of that routine. Um, so I I always make sure I have like a schedule written up and and what I want to do and. And someone once said to me um, that important to put in things that you want to do as well, rather than just the sporting um, side of things. So if I want to see my friends or go out to dinner with my girlfriends one night, they, um, they like schedule that in because that's probably going to get you through and make you want to keep training rather than having to train every night. It's amazing. I don't know how you balance it. I talk about trying to balance home and work life, let alone being a professional athlete <laughs> and doing home and work as well. I'm, I'm not sure how you do it you've talked about setting goals so when you're competing at that elite level how do you stay motivated for such long periods of time you know how do you set your goals and your milestones um I'm a bit stringent in that I actually um have to be I feel like I spiral out of a kind of routine if I don't have my goals set out um distinctively and and so I set my schedule up I have I know in like COVID outbreaks now I I make sure I have a schedule of what training I'm going to do that day and what like inside my work hours and and things like that so I can always tick it off and I'm more of a checklist person make sure I get it done um rather than a goal but I don't know I and I try we try to instill that within our team as well um motivate each other uh the last probably years been tough Mm. trying to motivate motivate a team as well um yeah so it's been hard but it's also something that if I think if you keep your routine and keep structured in that, um, you can, you, you get it done and you achieve those things. Even if some days you don't want to do it, you still get it done just so you can tick that box. How do you get yourself out the door on those moments where you just go, I think I'd just rather sit on the couch. I'm pretty self-motivated in being like, Grace, if you want to achieve and you still want to play at that level, you have to do the work. And, and I think it's because my journey was, um, when I didn't get picked back in 2016, I think that's kind of defined me as and my playing career is in like you, I know I have to do the work to be able to play there and 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 i'm I'm really grateful for that opportunity that I got. So let's talk about 2016. You didn't make it into the rugby union team. Yeah, so I played at a national championship. Um, at that time I was playing for Sydney they didn't have the Super W yet so it was we played as a Sydney City team rather than New South Wales and I thought I had a good tournament but obviously not good enough and I and I wasn't selected out of 63 people which is is a lot of women to get selected um, and not be a part of and they were going on a tour to New Zealand and and I was sad um, at the time but then also like they went off to camp and I, I just knew that they were training and like half of them are my best mates anyway so I was like there training and I just remember being at Queen's Park in the middle of Queen's Park um, running by myself and just doing conditioning sessions because I was like, well, I want to be there and they're training. So I'm just going to train just as hard. Just not, I'm just not in the camp. Um, and then anyway, we got a, we got a chance. We trained against the team that they were going to take this to New Zealand it was kind of unbelievable at the time. I remember reading my family being like, um, I think I'm going to New Zealand tomorrow. <laughs> and they, because I have the best family support, they literally come to every game, whether it's club 
um, New South Wales or Australia, they got on a plane and met me in Auckland the next day and I debuted two days later for Australia. So it was just the wildest time. Yeah, it, I'm really grateful for that because it just kind of pushed me into knowing what I had to do um, to be there. And, and those girls in that team also pushed me to be a better player. That decision point, I can go and train by myself or I could give up. Did you ever think about giving up? Yeah, I did. So I remember initially I actually left my job on the same day I didn't get picked. So like, it was like that in that one day, lost everything like that. Um, and it was, and it was probably a really hard time in my life. Now I look back and I laugh about it, but at the time um, it was pretty tough. I just moved to Sydney because I was new in Sydney, um, fresh out of university and yeah, kind of left my job. And, and then I lost rugby in that same day. And I remember um, I went out to dinner with a few of my mates that night and some random person um, at the bar that night was like, just keep that fire in your belly. And I, and it's so funny. Like it's just that little gratitude from someone you don't even know. Um, and I did. And I was like, okay, I'm going to keep that fire in my belly. And, and that's what happened. Like when they went to camp, I just ran by myself at Queens park and, and made sure that I was still training. Um, yeah, and it, it was exciting. Then it was a roller coaster into me representing Australia. And do you still use that time sometimes if you're lacking motivation? Do you kind of think back and go, I've been through it before, I know I can get through it again? Or do you have other drivers now? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, they do change and I think that's motivations do change. I think that's an, that's okay, um, Whether what sort of goals you want to achieve. But, um, yeah, I look, I look back and I always am like, I can still do that. And I still say to myself, keep that fire in your belly. Um, and, and little comments my dad used to say even when we were on the farm he'd be like landmarking or on the farm he'd be like stick with it or keep your head down and go hard and just like those little things I just kind of use them to motivate myself um, if I'm having a bad time or things get tough um, in a game I just yeah trying to ground myself into those moments. Orange from Sydney in its own right is about a five-hour drive isn't it so yeah, um, yeah. for your family to come to every single game or fly it's it's not an easy 20-minute um, trip down the road. Yeah. How important is that family support for you? Yeah it's, it's, it's really important for me and um, yeah they've been to every single game. I know mum in the last year has driven up to my club rugby games doesn't eight like an eight-hour round trip just to watch me play for I don't know 70, 80 minutes so for that, it's, it's really nice to see. Uh, I know a lot of girls don't have that. And, and even in the teams that I have, my family is kind of like their family as well. Um, and some of those families are in Sydney and yet my family drive all that way to support me. And, and that's something that I'm so grateful for. And, and it's been hard. We, we lost dad who was a couple of, a year and a bit ago now, who was kind of like the driving force with us in sport. Um, growing up, it was everything that on TV had to be sport from anything from like darts to rugby to swimming. It was never on any other channel. Um, but yeah, he was kind of, he was a big rugby mad um, man and he kind of led the country rugby um, around New South Wales. So for me, yeah, it was hard losing him as he kind of lose some of your motivation. But then, like, when he was sick, I always just wanted to play my best to kind of make him proud. So, yeah, I feel like I've lost a little bit of that spark, but it's still something that my brothers and sisters and my mum just keep on motivating me because they, they're there to support every step of the way. It's a really lovely legacy too for your dad that you, they continue to come and support you. You play women's rugby at 
a multiple of high elite level. So captain of the Wallaroos for Australia Rugby Union. Then you play at the state New South Wales level. Tell me if I get it wrong. And then you've transitioned into um, playing for league for a team at, um, as well. Have I missed any of your, your what you oh, do? And then I just play club at Sydney Uni. Yeah, and just and I just play I just play club at Sydney Uni. <laughs> All very high level. What are the attributes of a high performance team in your view? I think it's just about spending time together and then I think regardless of sport or like professionally, I think it's just about building those relationships to actually care about each other. Um and just respect each other. You don't necessarily have to go over their house for coffees or anything like that. It's more about just having that mutual respect and, and looking out for each other. And, and that's something that this year um, I really enjoyed playing for the Waratahs at New South Wales. We just came off the back of our um, Super W campaign, but we were such a tight knit group and, and it was something that like we'd get to training and we'd all vent about our days at work or one of the girls would vent about her children. And then we, yeah. And, but then we'd also be grounded then when footy started, it started. Um, but we all just genuinely cared about each other's lives and, and, and the coaches too, the coaches helped us out and it was really supportive environment and I think that's something that makes a really good team, being able to be in a supportive environment. I think I've learned a lot um, being in the leadership position. Probably went in a bit naive of what um, what was needed and, and sometimes I often feel like it gets a bit, not lonely, but like people will come, for you, um, come to you in the tough times um, for advice but then also... Um, I don't know. I just feel like they take also a little bit of a step back because they know that you're the captain um, as well. Um, and I'm really good mates with um, most of the girls I play with. So it, it's been really nice for them to support me. But it also, you know, it, it can be tough in those awkward conversations if someone doesn't get picked or if someone's like that and, they're, and they're one of your friends, they always kind of ask you for advice. And, and that's been, that's probably been the toughest thing um, for me um, in the leadership role. But I try and like keep a team together um, when I when I'm with them, and and we just try and like obviously as I said build relationships. But I know Australia, we try and just like um, just keep that belief um, that even though that um, we're not a fully professional team yet, that semi professionalism, we act like a professional team, and we believe that we can actually we have the talent to achieve an outcome and, and to win test matches. Um, that's something that I definitely want to instill because I think sometimes women. I don't know if it comes into them playing rugby and it's like maybe their second sport within Australia. Um, but sometimes women come in and they, I don't think they believe that they can, they can win and they can be the best in their position. Um, so it's something, yeah, we've tried to instill that they can do that and, and be confident in their abilities. Cause as soon as you get that confidence, um, I think girls are unstoppable. And that's something that I love about rugby. It's just like empowering. It's like fearless women running around um on a pitch and and it's really exciting and and I love I love being able to do that but then also like successful teams also I think are about like hard work and and not giving up and wanting to learn and and be better all the time so yeah it's something that I like to instill and hopefully professionally as well when you took on the captain role were you supported in terms of your leadership style or did you just sort of have to navigate it yourself um I kind of was just navigated it myself um which was, I, and I'm really lucky. I have really good support systems around me. So I had a lot of conversations. I didn't really want to go in blind and kind of not the person that would um, just go in and do that. So I had conversations with Graham Patterson, Ed White at work and 
and they, they had some really good advice and even like my old coaches and things I spoke to a lot of them and my dad yeah my sister so yeah I just kind of had to navigate it myself and and try and be that support system for those girls as well and I think that that's an important thing for me is to be able to support them um, as much as they need and and hopefully create that culture that um, everyone can flourish in their abilities. And create those fearless girls. Yes, those empowered, fearless women. Yeah. I like that. I think that's a great message for any female in the workplace or anybody, though, be empowered and fearless. But particularly yeah. for women, I think we sometimes struggle with our um, knowing that we can be the best at whatever we want to put our minds to. We had conversations with my niece. You want them to feel like they can have conversations at work and and kind of fight for themselves rather than conversation taken away from them. I want them to be able to ask questions and, and feel confident to ask questions. You talked about great coaches. For you, what makes a good coach? I think, um, especially I've learned in women's rugby, uh, obviously women are a lot different to coach than boys and men. Um, and obviously I work at a boys' school, so I constantly am coaching boys, um, which I love. Um, but I know that it's so different when you come into a women's environment, just emotionally, I think, and... Um, and just girls ask a lot of more questions than boys. And so for our, us coaches, and we've, I've always had like a few like females and male coaches and they, as soon as they, as like us as girls feel cared about by them, I think they get a lot more out of us. Um, so just building a relationship, but then being able to be that tough coach rather than your friend. Um, so it's not really stepping into that boundary about being your friend. It's more about, caring about you and wanting you to maximize your potential but then obviously having yeah be able to have those hard conversations with you too for you to improve um and I think yeah, I really enjoy that sort of coaching style um but yeah being tough but not not too tough sports people seem to be so receptive to feedback um how how is it to give feedback and especially if it's more difficult feedback and is there a difference between boys and girls receiving the feedback around their performance oh I think performance wise uh I think team feedback is is really important but I've had both coaching styles also um from people above you being like okay what do you think you did wrong um or how can you improve whereas sometimes I just think people need to know what they did wrong and how they improve it um, because otherwise you go around in your head being like thinking about so many things you can improve rather than just like one blanket answer. And, and that's something I really enjoy with coaches. Sometimes I'm just like, I just need an answer of what I do because um, I'm doing something wrong and, and I don't know how to fix it. Um, so I think those moments are really important too, rather than you trying to like improve yourself, being like told how to improve and, and yes. what, how you can do that in different action as well. Yeah, sometimes direction is really important, isn't it? Yeah. There's a time for self-reflection, but direct feedback can often be, just tell me what I need to do. Yeah, yeah. And it, it cuts a lot of time too, which I like time efficiency is good. Um, so, yeah, sometimes direction is, is, is key into coaching. Are there plans for Women's Union to get back and playing during COVID at all? Yes, yeah, so we were actually, which is the really disappointing thing, we were meant to play as a double header. So our game got postponed because of COVID and obviously a large playing group come from Sydney. Um, and so, yeah, that was really disappointing. But we've been told that we'll have other test matches at the end of September. So they're just being postponed and hopefully um, we can get this COVID situation under control and, and head to New Zealand and play the Black Ferns um, because I'm really excited for that. And I just think 
the last year. We were meant to have nine test matches last year because um, we were meant to play the World Cup this year. Um, and it's just been postponed and postponed. And it was a really hard moment for, for me, myself as like kind of the leader of a team, um, being able to motivate people to keep training, but not having that end goal of a game locked in. And, and then when they got postponed a month or so ago, it was just like back into that hole. And, and that's something I really struggled with this year, just being like, okay, we've got to do this again. And I try and always be that like positive um, kind of teammate um, and be like, it's okay. But there comes a moment where you've got to be like, that's hard. Um, yeah. And it's okay because all the girls care and they put so much effort in, but it's like, okay, we're just going to keep working for another few months and then hopefully we're able to play. But, yeah, we haven't played until since 2019. It's getting a bit tough, so hopefully we can get some games in. And and you you all come from different um, clubs, don't you? So it's not like you're, you see each other on a regular basis. So yeah, that, does so, that add the complexity to keeping that motivation? Yeah, it does. It, it really does because, like, obviously some are in Queensland, some are New South Wales, Perth, Melbourne, everywhere. So... Yeah, it's, it's tough um, and there's only so much you can do over Zoom. I know everyone's like, yeah, Zoom's great, but um, there's only so much um, Zoom calls you can have to keep each other motivated. And, and we've done so much together just to try and have conversations around what else we can do. But reality is we just need time together. Um, and so hopefully we get that in the coming months. Did you set yourself to challenges or how did you, what, well, what did you do? Yeah, so like our SNC was really good. He obviously sent out programs which we had to achieve. And then when we were like isolated, um, we did like send in like little like PBs and things that we'd do and kind of make challenges amongst ourselves and things like that. And then did fun activities together. But um, yeah, as soon as we could train in groups, it's okay because you can get in with your, the girls in the local area and, and New South Wales and stuff. Um, and we have training. Um, but yeah, other than that, we just like, I don't know, we just, I was just like, just keep on working, girls. Like, hopefully we'll get to play soon. And, and we're really lucky we got the Super W done a month ago before this all kicked off. But you made the, you also made the decision to um, transition to rugby league during COVID. Um, how was that transition? Was it hard? Was I think the only reason I found it hard is because I didn't want to let anyone else in rugby union down um, because obviously my heart lies in rugby union. Um, but it was the only rugby that was we could play at that time. And so all the coaches in Australian rugby were really supportive of that, being like we'd rather you play something than nothing. Um, yeah, so it was really fun to get get out there and meet some new girls. I've obviously trained and played in the same environment for a lot, many years now. So, yeah, it was cool to just get out and play with some girls I used to play union with and some new girls uh, and, and find that. But I kind of separated the sports rather than, playing both the rugby I kind of was like it's a whole different sport and that's kind of how I had to had to do it um because otherwise I'd forget the rules and started playing rugby union in the middle of rugby league so yeah I had to kind of separate that but yeah it was a really fun experience for me and and something that I, I would love to do again um if the time arose but um I think yeah there definitely will be a crossover in the future and I don't think as I said, like in women's sport, I don't think it's something you have to fight against. I think it's something that should be supported rather than frowned upon. Um, you can play both codes because it's not professional in a different season. Um, I just think we should work together rather than fight each other. Yeah. I mean, I feel really privileged to be speaking to you as a female rugby union and the captain of the Wallaroos. How does it how does it feel to be leading a female rugby union team in a sport that is traditionally known as a boys' sport? 
Uh, yeah, it's I'm, I'm like just so humbled and honoured to obviously lead a team, um, any team in, in that fact. But um, in, a, in a male traditional dominated area, um, it's been interesting. And, and I'm not someone that will stand stand up and be like, oh, it should, um, it, girls need to play rugby and, and they do need to play rugby, but I'm not going to say it needs to be where the men's is right now. And I know there's time for that. Um, I think progress can be a little bit faster than it is, um, but I kind of understand those constraints at the moment. And I think the biggest thing that we've done right is invest in the grassroots of little girls playing and playing with the boys. And I think that's that transition is, is so great because women's game and the girls' game is growing so much. Um, and there's so many little girls playing and and hopefully those girls can see all of us girls playing rugby now and be like, cool, I want to I do that. Whereas like, I never had that when I was younger. I never had visibility of that. Um, and I just, and I hope that, that girls can see that and aspire to, to want to play rugby and do those things. I don't think it needs to be a male-dominated sport anymore. It can obviously just be a sport um, for rugby. Uh, it's the same game. I know people have tell talk about like changing the ball size and things for women or the rules. And I'm like, just let it be the same game. And it, it's so great. And both men and women can play it. So um, I know in COVID, I came out to Orange and I trained with the local men's club here and, and they were so welcoming into having me just like train with them. Um, and yeah, it's really exciting. And my brother's out here and yeah, it's good fun. We spoke about it briefly, but, um, you know, how important is physical exercise for your looking after your mental health? Because you've, you've used it a lot, haven't you? I read about it when you back in 2016, but also when your dad um, passed away or was diagnosed. Yeah, so my dad was diagnosed with cancer and and of that time of him being sick, I was working, flying. I'd finished training, I'd fly back to Orange to see him and fly back and it was kind of just this back and forward for a year, over a year and a half And because um, I just always wanted to be there and I'm really close, obviously, to my family. Um, and sport was kind of my outlet. So and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the most... I'm quite an emotional person, but I can also like um, get through that in that moment and, and just focus on something else. So I used rugby and rugby training as kind of my motivation. Um, so I'd get to training and my, my head would be clear. Um, so exercise was just like that. Um, in those moments, I wasn't upset. I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't thinking about um, dad being so sick. I'd just be like there playing rugby. I'd kind of use him as motivation to be better rather than be, be sad about it. And I think that's something that exercise can be. It can be that motivation to just want to, your body feels so much better after it. So, um, yeah, it's obviously going to make you feel better, but it also can be a motivation um, in tough times. And, and, and I'm, really, I'm really lucky that I could find that in exercise. And right now I think I'm addicted to it. If I don't exercise one day, um, I, I get a bit sad. So, uh, I, yeah, I just use that still. I'm like, it can be anything, though. It doesn't have to be, like, working too hard. It can just be going for a walk one day or something like that. I think it's really important for mental health. And, and I see that at school anyway, like, yeah. with the boys, them getting outside, I think they just love it. And you see the difference in their, even when they come back into a classroom or, or train, they just train better if they can do come out and exercise and, and be better. I'm a bit like you, though. If I don't do something physical, um, you know, I just don't, yeah, feel the yeah. best. So, yeah, I'm a bit addicted to it as well. It's a de definitely important. I think, obviously, in a workplace, I think it can be so supported too. Um, yeah. I think that doesn't happen enough. 
um, necessarily. Yes. We used to say this thing at four o'clock every day, everyone get up and we'd do four minutes of exercise. Like and one person would choose the foursies. We'd have like different exercises and four people would choose and it was fun. Oh, that's great. What, star jumps or burpees or push-ups? Yeah, like in, in our office you do lunges or like squats or so you do four minutes. It was so funny. I don't know if you, you are a podcast fan, but we ask all of our guests if they are and do they have any recommendations of good podcasts that we can listen to? Uh, yes, one of the Sevens Girls. Um, you probably already know the Female Athlete Project. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chloe Dalton started that um, in the Sevens program and, yeah, it's going really well. So um, I'm always a big fan of that. And then, yeah, I love a, I love a podcast between, yeah, work and training. I always have one on. Grace, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that brings a close to my conversation with Grace. There were some really great messages in our conversation and the things I'm going to think about are, in every team and with every coach, there is always an opportunity to learn and get better. Structure and routine are the key to keeping motivated and achieving your goals. And remember, always keep that fire in your belly. Thanks for listening. We love sharing these real stories, so please like, subscribe and share this episode with the people in your community. Feel free to reach out if you want to find out more or have a story to share of your own. Links to get in touch and other great resources are in the show notes. These podcasts would not be possible without a super production team. Big thanks to the team at Martino Consulting for producing this series of Realising Your Potential. (laughs) 